You're listening to The Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Charity Craig. I have had a messy life, but through the mess, I've discovered how to live an abundant life. Now, it's my turn to help you overcome your fears and discover your dreams. I'm going to challenge the way you think about yourself, others, and God. Life is way too short not to live abundantly. Are you ready? Let's pursue an abundant life. Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit Podcast. This week, I am going to be telling you a little more of my story and why I stayed in my marriage during Matt's affair. It started off pretty early on. I made this commitment to stay. And a lot of times people will be like, wow, that's just so awesome. And it almost comes across as if I have some like supernatural gift or something like that, but that is not the case at all. I honestly originally just stayed because I was too afraid to leave. And I am 1000% the good person as far as I always follow the rules. I'm a rule follower. And growing up as a Christian, I did everything in my power to follow all the rules. And so that was mainly the reason why I decided to stay was because that was the right thing to do. And it wasn't a healthy reason why, but that's why. And early on, I had this encounter that really gave me the fortitude to stay put and weather the storm. I had offered to extend my forgiveness because, you know, I'm such the good person. And Matt didn't want it. He wasn't really, any, he didn't want anything to do with forgiveness and working things out. He made a decision to leave and that's what he wanted. And, you know, it literally shattered my world because the good people should always get the right thing happen, right? Like if I offered you my forgiveness, how could you possibly say no to such a thing as that? But I had this encounter. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. It's a story in the scriptures in the Old Testament. And it's about a prophet who um, was told by God to marry a prostitute. And the reason why God told him to marry this prostitute was because um, it was a representation of God and his people and how his people are constant, almost in constant betrayal of him. And yet he still loves and pursues them. It was one of these days I was at home with the kids, just heartbroken and didn't know which way was up. And it was this story that I was reminded of God's love for all of us as people and the fact that he still loves us even when we betray him. And I began to sob and sob and sob that day because I understood how God feels. 
I understood the pain of a betrayal in that moment. You know, I'd been feeling sorry for myself and how could this happen? And, and just so angry at Matt for what he was doing to me. And then suddenly in this encounter and hearing this story again and kind of reliving it in my mind, it was flipped on me. I was like, wait a minute, God, he, he doesn't back down. He doesn't run away. He doesn't retaliate or cut all ties from us as people when we betray our love for him. And as much as I claim to be the good girl that follows all the rules, I knew in the deepest place of my heart that I was one of those people that has betrayed my love. No matter how much I love God, I know I had fallen short and not lived up to a perfect love. And I just, I knew there's so many times I have betrayed my love for God. And it, I realized that you don't always betray someone because you're an awful, evil person. A lot of times you betray because you just fail to be perfect. It's in our human nature to mess up, screw up believe a lie, lose your way. And it just made me realize that I was doing the same exact thing that Matt was. I was no different. And I had a moment that I, I'm not proud of, but it's definitely a story that demonstrates that I am just as capable of the betrayal that I was so angry at Matt for. So um, in the middle of all of this mess, you know, I was so angry. I was so frustrated. I was so torn up and I didn't know which way to go left, right, up, down. I was, I was just so locked up in so much of this pain that one morning in the hustle bustle, trying to get the kids up and ready and out the door for school, it was just this constant pressure, pressure, pressure. There had been something that Matt and I had had a big, huge conflict. He was, you know, he wasn't there. It was just me and the kids. And I was just so angry inside of me about what he had done. And in the middle of trying to get them out the door, I had a trigger and it snapped. And I was so white with rage. I was holding my youngest son, Christian's little, he had a little fluffy coat. It was dead of winter and it was a little fluffy coat, a little bear coat. And my oldest son hadn't done what I asked him to do. And in this split second, I went white with rage and I just began to hit Porter, my son, over and over and over again with a fluffy coat. I was screaming over him with rage over and over and over again. And he just cowered down on the floor and I couldn't even stop myself. And when I finally expended myself on my son, he turned and looked up at me terrified. Like I was the monster. And at one point when I was hitting him with that coat, the coat must have wrapped around his face and the zipper caught his skin and ripped a gash on his face. 
And in that moment, I realized I had betrayed everything I had promised my son to love him, to protect him, to be that support of love. I had betrayed all of that in one split second. And in that moment, I realized I was no different than Matt. I was capable of the same betrayal. And this betrayal to those that I love is an ultimate betrayal of God. And yet God still pursues me. He still ferociously loves me and is committed to me no matter what I do or how I fail him. And so I had this kind of encounter with God and he and I just cried and cried that day in my closet, just thinking about how we both feel and know the excruciating pain of betrayal. And it was that day that I just made my commitment. I had two commitments that I made that day. The first one was that I was ferociously committed to my marriage no matter what. And the second thing was that I was going to discover what my responsibility was to the destruction of our marriage, which does not fly over very well when you tell people that because people really want to crucify that person that's having the affair. And I would always have to say, no, 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 I'm not saying it's my fault he had the affair. That's all on him. What was my responsibility in the breakdown of my marriage to the point where all he wanted was out? But that story of Hosea really, really has stuck with me over the years. And I actually wrote my own version of the story. And I'm going to read that for you right now. I wrote this a few years ago and I have it on my blog, but I'm going to read it for you now. Hosea was a prophet of God. He was a good prophet who lived according to the laws. He was kind, good, and pure. He was what we would define as a solid, upstanding citizen, a man that every girl would be proud to bring home to mom, and every father would be proud to give his daughter's hand in marriage. Except Hosea didn't marry a beautiful woman from a pillar family of the community. God told him to marry Gomer, a woman of the night, the town prostitute. Can you imagine what his friends and family thought when he walked in and told them the news? Instead of a celebration of marriage, he was met with looks of shock and horror. That he would marry a whore? Instead of delightful embraces, Hosea was avoided and judged by everyone he met. Hosea didn't care. He married Gomer anyway and loved her with all of his heart. He had many children with her and took good care of her. All seemed well until one day he woke up to find his wife gone. One day while out, an exchange from Gomer's past presented an offer. To Gomer, it was natural. It was easy. Apparently, this is what she was worthy of. But as she dressed and her customer dropped a few bills beside her, the shame of her actions burned her skin. Hosea's face haunted her. His loving eyes would transform into the eyes of wrath if he discovered what she had done. She was sure he would never forgive her betrayal. Once turned into often, often turned into daily. Her daily betrayal of the one she loved was a demon too great to bear, too great to hide. So Gomer gave in. She gave in to the demons of her past. 
Hosea's body began to tremble. The reality seemed more like a nightmare. If only he would wake up and everything would be like it should be, but he was already awake. Hosea wasn't sure if the ill-bearing messenger meant well delivering the news of his wayward wife. You should have known marrying a woman like that would bring this kind of shame on your family. You should shred that woman in the divorce courts. Hosea stared at the man. Yes, I should. And without another word, he took off running. Gomer hadn't seen daylight in weeks. Her captors kept her locked inside, but the truth be known, her stinging shame was really what was keeping her hidden. Then an unexpected figure darkened the doorway, a figure that she could recognize anywhere, a figure she once knew. Gomer's heart began to beat rapidly, but she did not move except to turn her face away. She deserved her certain death. Swiftly, Hosea moved in, not with a stroke of death, but a movement of desire. His muscular arms embraced the frail body of his once vibrant wife. The scent of another man still clung to her skin. Over and over, Hosea whispered in Gomer's ear, Oh, my love, my love, I love you. I want you. I cherish you. I've bought you back from your master. No matter how many times you leave, I will always come for you. All Gomer could see in his eyes was the overwhelming love and desire. In a weak voice, Gomer asked why. Oh, my love, God gave me a love for you that's stronger than death. I represent God and you, humanity. I have demonstrated the love he has for his people. Even though his people are in near constant betrayal, he still loves them. He still pursues them. He still overwhelmingly desires them. The root of our love is not in you. The root of our love is in me. So from that day and from this story in the scriptures of Jose and Gomer, I made a commitment that I would be the one that would stand in the gap for Matt and my love. And of course, I'm not going to say I was happy about it because I grew up in a Christian environment that we were taught that the man is the spiritual leader of the home. He should be the priest of the home and he's the one that should be Christ. He should be like Jesus in the home, loving unconditionally and, and unselfishly. And he should lay his life down for his wife and his family. And so the fact that I was the one that had to step up and play that role in that moment. I was furious. Okay, so this wasn't like I was just some like pious. Well, I was hot and mad because this is not how I was told it was supposed to be. But you know what? I'm going to be the good person and I'm going to be the one to stand in the gap and to love regardless. Now, I'm not going to say my love was unconditional. That's been something that I've learned more and more over the years 
we always think in terms of unconditional love coming from God. God is one to have unconditional love, but that's because, you know, that's God and God is perfect. So he's able to do that. It doesn't really seem possible for us. And something else that really has helped me understand this is actually comes from a 2002 movie called Adaptation. It helps me describe and think of how unconditional love works. It was a conversation between two brothers, and they were both played by Nicolas Cage. So I'm going to kind of say, you know, brother one and brother two in this conversation. So brother one is talking to brother two, and he was telling him about a high school moment. He was asking him about it, and he was saying, Brother one is like, I remember when you were in high school, you really liked Sarah Marsh, but she made fun of you behind your back. And I don't understand why you were still happy knowing how she had treated you. And so brother two said, I loved Sarah. It was mine, that love. I owned it. Even Sarah didn't have the right to take it away. I can love whoever I want. And brother one said, but she thought you were pathetic. And brother two, that was her business, not mine. You are what you love, not what loves you. I'm going to repeat that line again. You are what you love, not what loves you. And it was this line that really began to help me understand how it is possible to love unconditionally. That's because you're the owner of your love. It's your choice. And even when you give it away, it's still yours. And no one can take that away from you. You're defined by the love you give, not the love that comes back to you. So like kindness, honesty, or caring for your children you choose to give those away. And they're not and it's not based on the circumstances outside of you, but because that's what's inside of you. That so that's how God's unconditional love for us has zero bearing on us. It's because he is the purest form of love. Because he is the purest form of love, he extends that love regardless of whether we are faithful and return that love to him or if we're acting stupid and being stupid it doesn't matter he is love and because he is love he loves unconditionally and that makes sense now why jesus says in the scriptures he says love your enemies it's because if you love those who love you what reward is there, right? It's like a give and take. Like even the pagans do that. Even the heathens, the wild people that have no standards of life, they even do that. It's easy to love someone who returns your love. That's called conditional love. I'll love you if you'll love me. But to love your enemies is to love regardless of the outcome. You are defined by what you love, not what loves you. So when you're able to love regardless of how it comes back to you, that is called unconditional love because there is love within you. You're able to extend that love regardless of how it comes back to you.
I know it's not always easy to be like this and to love regardless, but more and more I'm realizing that the root of love is rooted within me because I am connected to the greatest source of love, the divine source of love. And when I am tapped into that divine source of love, I can love regardless of what another person does to me. And I actually talk more about how this unconditional love has a role in relationships in episode five, which is need the spark back in your relationships. And I also just want to say that a lot of times this might sound like unconditional love means that you're a doormat and you just let anything happen or anything go, but that's not the case either because when it comes to unconditional love, it starts rooted within yourself. And when you're rooted in love within yourself, you have a standard of boundaries. You have a standard of love and respect first for yourself and then for others. And when you have a respect for yourself because you understand the love that you are rooted in, you have a standard of living, right? You have a standard way that you treat yourself. And because you treat yourself with this high standard of respect, you also expect that same standard of respect from others. And you treat others with that same standard of respect. So here's my challenge to you. Moving forward, I want you to shift your thoughts from a conditional love, meaning I will love you if you love me back in return. And moving into an internal depth of love. The root of love is within you. The kingdom of love is within you. So my challenge for you is to begin to pay attention to the root of love within you. Strengthen that love. The depth of that love is where you will be able to extend love to others regardless of how they love you in return. Well, thank you again for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. You have got a special, special place in this world, and we really need more of your unconditional love. I'd love to hear from you. As always, you can find me on all social media channels as Charity L. Craig. And will you share this episode on your social media? I would be so appreciative and honored for you to do that. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast. It will help get the word out to as many women as possible. But until then, keep loving unconditionally as you pursue an abundant life.